Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fully Accountable Podcast, and I'm your host, Leia Vahere. Well, guys, we are back for another week. Um, Last week, I had a little bit of a break because I had that pre-recorded guest episode with Alana. And this week, I want to introduce another guest on the podcast. Um, She is my friend for a couple years now. She is someone who has a really interesting story that I thought would be really cool for her to share and for everybody um, who's listening to, you know, just maybe relate to some things that she had gone through. So this week on the Fully Accountable podcast, we are going to have on the lovely Kaimana Lani. So Kaimana is the creator and founder of Divine Drip Jewelry. This is a faith-based jewelry line that she custom makes um, all of her pieces and they are gorgeous. Like, They are so beautiful. Um, All of like my favorite pieces to wear currently right now are her design and they are all based in faith. So everything is made with intention. Everything has a purpose and she is just actually um, launching a whole new collection of her jewelry that is all surrounded um, around Jesus and faith and it's just really, really, really beautiful. So if you want to check her out, it's Divine Drip Jewelry. Um, it's on Instagram. It's so beautiful. Her website um, has like her current pieces that are available. She's going to be dropping new pieces, uh, I think, in the next couple of weeks here. But if you've ever seen like on Instagram or anything like that, I'm always taking her stuff whenever I get a new piece. It's just, it's so beautiful. And really high frequency stuff and just like I love that like it's kind of it's a great mix she has some pieces where you wear them maybe like when you're going out and you're dressing up a little bit but then she has a lot of pieces that are like for your everyday wear and they're just they're so gorgeous so can't say more good things about it it's just they're beautiful check them out um you'll absolutely love them and she's got a so many new things coming down the pipeline that I'm really excited for. Uh, But Kaimana uh, joined me a couple weeks ago and we actually had an amazing chat about her time leaving New York. So Kaimana is a New York native. She is someone who is super interesting to talk to. She was actually in the education system for a very long time before she got into jewelry making. And when the pandemic hit, her, like so many others, were faced with a choice, a choice point. And what I found really interesting about her story is how she really just dug in and, you know, trusted in God, trusted in Jesus and stuck to what she believed was the best thing for herself, her soul, her family. And she had to make some really hard choices um, in order to basically totally shake up her life and leave New York and start a whole new chapter in Florida. So she has, um, we go over basically just like her entire journey of that time and 
what it was like, you know, especially for the teachers and in the education system, you know, I think a lot of people were faced with that ultimatum sort of choice where your your work was saying, you know, either get the jab or get out. And it didn't matter if you had been there for 20 years and given, you know, a very significant amount of your life to that company or say that industry or something like that, you were, they were willing to drop you in an instant if you weren't going to comply. So it was really interesting to hear her story on how she navigated that and how she stayed true to herself and she did what was right for herself and her family. And, you know, she didn't, um, she didn't negotiate with darkness. She didn't give an inch. And um, now her family is living a really, really beautiful life in Florida um, where the weather's better. She's pursuing her passion. And just like so many great things are, you know, just unfolding for her. But it doesn't mean that she didn't have to make some really tough choices in order to get to that place. So we, um, yeah, we just had a really amazing chat and I just wanted to introduce her to the podcast. So um, I hope you guys really enjoy this interview and um, we will chat with you next Okay, week. so let's just dive into like your whole experience and um, kind of like take us back to... 2020, I guess, is when shit started hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, what what was your experience? What was going on in your life? And let's just go from there. Thank you. So back in 2020, um, I was a junior high school teacher in middle school in New York City. I was a 20-year veteran. That was my 20th year. And things just started to get a little wacky, right? Like, you know, the news reports were coming in and people were starting to get scared. And I remember feeling like it wasn't going to be a big deal, you know. And then my husband, who's generally the logical one, started getting a little nervous. And then I kind of was like, hmm, well, that's not good, right? If he's the logical one and getting nervous and I'm generally the illogical one, like, it wasn't. It wasn't sitting well, right? With the two of us were kind of getting a little wacky. Um, and, you know, we started stocking up on things. I hadn't actually started listening to Illuminations yet from Liana. Like, I was still reading the emails, but um, maybe I missed this one. I'm not quite sure. So I wasn't really privy to, you know, all of the information she was putting out in her community. So we kind of went a little off the rails. You know, we did a lot of food prepping and vitamin prepping and stuff like that because the things that I was seeing was, you know, shortages and things like that. So I wanted to keep my family healthy. Um, I started taking homeopathic classes online. I am a certified aromatherapist. I had already done my certification in 2019. So I was kind of stocking up on anything that I knew that could help us, God forbid, something. Mm-hmm. You know, one of us got sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody was like, oh, we're, you know, we're not going to close. Like, nobody thought schools were going to close because, you know, the proverbial mm-hmm. thing in New York City is that you're basically overpaid babysitters. Mm-hmm. And we... So just when she said overpaid babysitters, um, so you were in the education system. Yes. 
and um, you basically had how, how many classes did you have responsible for? I was responsible for three classes at about 30 students apiece because in middle school you teach a subject. So my subject was English. So I concentrated on, you know, teaching kids novels and all of that jazz. So with like in your profession, um, how like what was like the vibe of like the other teachers and everything? Was everyone like food prepping, kind of getting things together? Like what was the energy in, you know, your kind of your peer group? Um, I had within my group of friends in school, I only had one other teacher who was very like minded. Everybody else was either Merry Christmas, holy shit, the world is ending or this is nothing. Nothing's going to happen. We're not going to close. And in um, the I don't remember when the Lunar New Year was that year, but we taught in a heavily Asian area and a lot of the kids were coming back from China or their parents were coming back because they would go back for, you know, Lunar New Year and they would then come back to the States and they were sick or the kids started coming in wearing masks. So we were kind of like, hmm, what's going on? And, you know, randomly like teachers get sick, right? Like, you know, you're with junior high kids all day long and kids are generally you know, like sneezing on you, coughing on you. It doesn't matter the age. They just are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can wash your hands 50 times a day. And if somebody sneezes on you, it's not going to make a difference. So teachers started dropping like flies, getting sick. And nobody kind of put two and two together. Like we all were just kind of like trudging along and going like, okay, you know, like life is going on. We're going to do this. Um, And then the noise started getting louder of, yes, they're going to close schools. Yes, you're going to have to go remote and all of that. And my daughter was in Catholic school at the time, and she came home. I cannot remember what day it was. And they let us know, like, that week that Friday was the last day, and they were going to be sent home with a laptop and all their things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. So Mm -hmm. we were kind of like... Okay, so my husband is in, is in IT, so we were basically getting the house prepped for everybody to be working at home all the time with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an interesting shift, I'll tell you that, because I was not one to ever teach from home, right? Mm-hmm. This was a big shift for all of us. Mm-hmm. So I guess... Um with that being said and I get I remember that time specifically like working in the corporate world um how everything was like yeah we're gonna be two weeks to flatten the curve and then everything will be back so I get in your sense where you just continuously thought this was gonna be temporary when did you know that it wasn't gonna be temporary like when was like the moment that kind of switched for you that you started to see perhaps maybe like your values and like the values of your peers were like very apparently not aligning. Um, if that was the case even at all. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, everybody was in sheer panic mode and I'm still walking around going, we're going to be fine. This is nothing. And I just, that was my gut instinct the whole time. Right. I was like, this is not what they're saying it is. And I didn't, I generally don't watch the news even before I'm not, you know, one to give into sensation and I don't watch it just because I don't want to panic myself. But um, 
I still in my gut said this isn't what they're saying it is. And, you know, like I said, we did some prep. Some people I know did some prep. Other people's were like, this isn't other people's, excuse me, other people (laughs) were like, this is nonsense, you know, whatever. And then you had, you know, the third group of people who were like, oh my God, the world is ending, like wearing 50 masks and all that, like starting that. And I'm just like, I, this is, it, it was just the weirdest thing, like starting to see everybody kind of polarize, you know? And even back then it was like, you couldn't actually start talking sense into people. Like they just immediately went whatever the way they were going to go. Um, and in the middle of all this, my mother was on hospice and my dad got sick. My dad actually had COVID. We didn't know he had COVID. Mm-hmm. It was, there was a whole lot within all of that that happened. Um, and then we got it. And then once we had it, I was like, well, I'm not scared of this anymore. Right. Cause for a little bit of time, I was scared. Once we were sent home, I actually started to get a little nervous mm-hmm. because I was like, all right, well, Again, I hadn't heard illuminations yet, so I wasn't, I didn't see the other side of it, but, you know, my gut feeling was still like, there's something not right. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't adding up. And um, the part of me that I did allow myself to panic a little bit, you know, like I said, once we were sent home, but even then I still was kind of like, this isn't right. Like, there's something going, something bigger, yeah. you know. So I definitely had the exact same thought process too with like something else is going on here where you're like, the, it's the it's like a itch or something. It's like the writing's not like, I don't know. It, it's like the writing is right on the wall or yeah, writing, the writing is on the wall behind you because shit is not adding up. And I definitely um, was never panicked about getting the virus what I was panicked about for a second was what are the people gonna do like because I was living in a big city like you not as big I was in Toronto so like our mini New York and um in Canada our version of New York in Canada and I was more scared of like what are people gonna do are they going to you know start rioting are they gonna lock us in because like you know they could like kind of lock us in into the city like what what's that gonna look like and I'm not being trapped in this in this city so that was always like more my panic but then so for everybody listening um if you don't listen to illuminations what she's referring to is uh Liana's weekly um forecast on like the energy the vibes, what's going on. Um, And the specific one she's referring to is uh, the annual forecast. So every year in January or December, whichever, like right around the new year, Liana releases an annual forecast that kind of goes over what this year is going to look like, the theme of the year, like what's what's the vibe of this year? What can you expect? Um, It is so accurate. Like it is so bang on. And I actually had not listened to the annual forecast. I was introduced to Liana through a family member. And she was like, you got to listen to it because it was already March. And she was like, Liana had basically predicted to like the month of like a virus is going to be coming up and things are going to be not as accessible. Like you should like she recommended 
even just stocking up on like some essential things just so then you're not in a panic and you don't feel like you need to, you know, pay inflated prices and rush to the grocery store. So it's very interesting how um, dead on she was with everything that transpired that year. So the just kind of backstory, if that's what um, that's what she's referring to. So, okay, so you guys are working remotely. You are, how long did you have to stay out of the school before you had the option to go back? So they told us on Friday, March 13th, which happened to be a full moon, Mm -hmm. um, they were like, okay, you guys can come in next week to plan. And then after that, you're not allowed back in the building. So we did not go in Monday. We went in, I think we went in like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Friday, I don't believe we went in. And I remember that Friday afternoon, like, going and getting my hair done. Because I was like, I am not going into lockdown with my roots growing out, right? So, you know, you got to have your priorities, right? I got my nails done. I got my hair done. I was like, I'm was like, i going into lockdown looking good. Because I really didn't think this was going to be what it was, right? This massive shit show. Um, so after that... You know, it just kind of like kept dragging on, right? And then it was like the following week, I think, was like two weeks after, I think, was Easter. And then, you know, my friends and I were chatting and we were kind of like, "Mm, this doesn't seem to be ending, you know. And we just saw, and at that point, like I said, you know, my husband and my daughter and I, we all had COVID. We survived it, you know, like it was fine. Um, we did a lot of searching for alternative protocols for it. Um, and my husband was able to find, cause he, he actually had it the worst out of all of us. We all had it differently. So none of us had the same symptoms. It was like, you know, however, I, I don't know this theory behind however it was made, but whatever. Um, and you know, like I said, there was a lot of other family things going on as well. And, It just, you know, I kind of just, probably around the mid to end of April, we were just kind of like, all right, I guess we're not going back. And, but then in the middle of all this, you know, my husband, who is from Soviet Russia, they escaped when he was seven. um, He started saying like, oh, okay, now I, now I see what's going on. This is the communist playbook. And we then had some very serious, uncomfortable discussions about what was possibly going to happen. And he's like, okay, he's like, you know, they're going to develop a shot. And I, and immediately I was like, I'm not taking it. Like, I don't care whatever is going to come. I refuse. I, I knew back then I was like, I will not take it. Um, and so I basically had it in my brain at that point. I was like, come hell or high water. Like, I'm not doing it. So, you know, sooner rather than later, we saw all of that transpire. So that gave me like chills when you said that with your husband being like, oh, I know what's going on here. Because that's exactly what was feeling uh, the same sense in, in Canada, like the communism, the like, oh, we really don't have any freedoms here in this specific area um, because the government is making it that way. Um, so with like the shot and everything like that, um, obviously it was like an instant nope. Like even before you, same with me, like even before I got any of the information, before I got any kind of background story, nothing, it was just nope. Like you couldn't, you couldn't tell me anything 
Uh, I was never going to get it. So um, with that being said, I know for a lot of working professionals who had given their lives to their career, like you said, 20 years of your life, um, all the education, all the credentials, all the accolades that go with that, um, all the time that you invested, you know, personally and on the clock and everything like that. Because I know with like a teacher, it goes way beyond your hours that you're even there. Um, you guys were for you guys were, you know, faced with that decision of am I going to leave this career or fight for this career or, you know, take the shot. Obviously, that was never even going to be an option for you. But curious to hear about like your process and hearing that and like what was your reaction amongst your peers was there anyone else fighting with you like what did that all look like because that is like the moment of truth like that was what separated the boys from the men that is what was the hard line drawn in the sand of like am I going to stay in integrity with my soul and myself or am I going to you know quote like quote unquote roll into the victim mode of saying like I didn't have a choice kind of thing but we we all know we all have a fucking choice it just might be a really hard shitty long road choice that will always come out for the better and on top because God will always show you but um yeah, just like want to know what did you do and like how was like how did your family how did your husband take it how did your you know your family take it because it not doesn't just affect you as an individual like you have a mortgage you have a child you have a you know your income contributes to the household like all of that is a real factor in all of this. Yeah, that's a lot. So, um, well, yeah, like I said, it was an instant no. I didn't know anything about. You know, Leanna hadn't had her wellness call yet, um, and I didn't know about the satanic, luciferian, soul-selling part of all of that mm. <laughs> when I made that decision, because it was just an, in- like I said, it was just an instant no for me, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to get it. You know, my husband doesn't need to get it, because he works for himself, works still for himself, always has, and I certainly was never going to give it to my child. So that was like, those were all hard no's. And I just kind of was like, all right, well, whatever's going to come is going to come. Um, so, yeah, um, it was kind of a weird discussion with my husband. And he was like, well, obviously you're not going to get it. And then we were given the option of having papers you know, drawn up saying that I had taken the shot and I felt disgusting about that option. And I was like, no. And somebody said, no, come on. Like, you know, you can keep your job then. And da, 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 da. And I was like, no, it just felt wrong. Um, and again, still didn't know anything about like all of the other things that went along along with it, the darkness and all the stuff, I, right, the integrity of it, I just, I felt gross Mm -hmm. by it. And, you know, my husband and I were talking and he's like, well, you know, he's like, you know, when my parents left Russia, you know, we had to, you know, go a certain way so that we could get out of, you know, get to America. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he's like, other people are doing it. And I was like, that's great for them. I was like, but I'm not going to do it. 
you know, and we never argued about it. He listened to my position. We had a couple of really good talks about it. And, you know, at one point I said, look, I don't know if this is like, if doing this is going to be selling my soul, but if there is a chance that it harms my ability to get the fuck off this planet (laughs) like I am not fucking with that right like I have been saying probably since I was a child like I'm not fucking coming back here Mm -hmm. like this is a shit show and this is again like way before way before Liana like I was a kid in Catholic school and I'm going no no absolutely not like this is it Because I always believed in reincarnation, you know, I always was kind of like, there's got to be more, this is bullshit, like, Mm -hmm. didn't, you know, really believe in the whole Catholic thing. I was arguing with the nuns when I was like seven and eight years old, like, Mm -hmm. this isn't right, you know, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. So he, you know, my husband was kind of like, okay, all right. And we, um, let me see, that was, I think now... Over the summer of 2021, so we finished out the 2020 school year home. We went back in September. It was very weird. Um, And then we were home again by like, I don't even know, October something. Um, Yeah, so that's still 2020. And then, you know, they started talking about the shot. And then we went back, I think, somewhere in February. Mm -hmm. Everything's kind of fuzzy. I swear, the past few years have really blended together, so Mm -hmm. forgive me. And, you know, when we went back to work, people were already, like, you know, rolling up their sleeves and so proud of themselves that they got their shot and changing their profile pictures on Facebook. And I remember, you know, going in and I was... Not to get, you know, very graphic, but like I had always been very regular on my cycle and we went back to work in February and I legitimately had, uh, I was basically bleeding from February until June. So I then of course was like, well, fuck this shit. Like I'm definitely not doing this. And I, I mean, again, I had already made the decision and you know, at that point I actually had been, um, looking at teaching in Florida and they have uh, license res- license reciprocity. So like, mm-hmm. you know, just you get your license right away. You just send in all your documents from New York. And, you know, at that point we made that decision. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. we were like, well, where can we go? Mm-hmm. And I could still work, I, you know, if I had been teaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then I would you know, have two pensions and who'd be better than me. And Mm -hmm. I'd work like another 10 years and retire and Mm -hmm. we'd be in fucking paradise. Right. So with that, like, so you guys listening to what she's referring to is like the shedding of the vaccine. So when a bunch of individuals, like when everyone was getting shot up and stuff like that, if you ever notice like headaches or for you ladies, if you ever noticed um, any kind of changes in your hormones, getting sore throats, um, getting, you know, irregular cycles, like all that kind of stuff. That's all due to the shedding of the particles of the actual vaccine from individuals. So it's 
it's real. It's crazy. Um, I remember getting similar um, side effects. I wasn't really around that many people. It was more so if I was around other um, like friends, family members who had gotten it uh, that I started noticing that kind of stuff. But like super, super detrimental to a lot of people, especially like newborns. Very, very, very detrimental. So just keep that in mind. Um, but what's interesting is like, okay, so you guys already knew, obviously, Florida. Um, was there like that moment though like did you ever try to fight to stay in New York or was it oh or were you already kind of letting go of the idea of like living there and retiring there because I know you guys had a house there it was your family home like um when did you kind of like realize you know I gotta let go of my home and make a new um I think probably right about the time where I started researching, you know, my license transferring over. Um, I, I knew like my logical self knew all the things that had to be done. Like I knew it was like a matter of time, right? Because, you know, they were saying, Oh, you know, just get the shot, like get it for grandma, get it for this one. And, you know, again, my husband's like, they're going to force it on people. And I was like, Oh yeah, I know that. Because at that point, you know, we had, had Leanne as well on this call and I had begun listening to eliminations <laughs> and um I was like well I you know so like my logical adult 40 whatever year old self at that point was like I'm not doing this like I have to let go and all the things but like my inner children were desperately desperate mm-hmm. right to cling like I mean we lived in a house that the only people who ever lived in it was my family. Like my great grandfather built that house in 1925 and nobody else had ever lived there. Like we had a tenant, we had a private driveway, a little backyard, like, you know, my daughter was still in school. So it's like, I was unlearning all of the, I was being deprogrammed. Right. So it was like, what was a blessing for me I guess, yeah, for me, it was a blessing. I know for others, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, When we were home, I had all of that time to actually wake up, Mm -hmm. like fully wake up to all of the things that were going on, are are going on in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was kind of like, I'm also the type of person that like, I'll go all in. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to make a decision, I do it, Mm -hmm. which is it's not just me anymore so it's like you know I have to then kind of be a little more gentle with the people around me (laughs) so um you know I pulled my daughter out of school and I she was like wait what and I tried to start a homeschooling pod like I actually tried to start a homeschool so that was my way of still kind of like trying to fight to stay in New York and I kept telling people like they're gonna they're gonna force you to take the shot they're gonna force you to do this don't you see what they're doing and I was like trying to wake people up and it was like I was screaming into darkness Mm. like blackness right like like it was like I was screaming to basically Mm -hmm. a room full of zombies and you know a couple of people I was able to chat with and get them to see like oh my god yeah wait what wait what what the fuck is going on right and so a few people I know didn't excuse me, actually take the shot. Um, a few teachers 
wound up actually losing their jobs with us. Like, we were fired. Um, yeah, go into that. What was that? Yeah, so in October of 2021, well, we knew over the summer, you know, you had to, you know, they mandated it, right? Mm-hmm. And the union, of course, was behind it because, you know, they're all, like, money grubbers and all that shit, right? So they um, were telling people you got to get the shot or you're losing your job, this, that, and the other thing. So we went back in September, and at my school, we had about 120 staff members, and I think, like, there were, like, 35 of us that were, like, no, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, slowly... You know, people started getting nervous and all of that. And I remember I only went to one rally because at that point I was like, this is fruitless, right? Um, and it was funny because, you know, the teachers were fighting really hard because they went after the teachers first. Because we were, you know, basically teachers is like a group of women, mm-hmm. right? And which is funny because now that's coming to me now. That's like so apparent that they went after the teachers first because hello, we're women. And of course they want to. And you use the children. Right. You're you're facing with the children. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and nobody fought with us. The cops didn't fight with us. The firemen didn't fight with us. Mm -hmm. The post office workers, no one fought with the teachers. Mm -hmm. And then they came for the cops and the firemen Mm -hmm. and everybody else. And then they were all pissed off that they were like, well, where the fuck are the teachers? And we're like, well, where the fuck were you? Mm Mm-hmm. You guys, like, in I believe it was in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. all the unions stood together and were like, fuck off. I think. I could be wrong because at that point, you know, yeah. there was just so much going on. And I'm pretty sure they, the city workers did not have the shot mandated in Philly. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Please don't take that too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, And I remember, like, you know, all the cops and the firemen going, well, where's everybody else? And we're like, well, mm-hmm. we were here. Like, we were out there mm-hmm. fighting and screaming and hollering and mm-hmm. bringing lawsuits and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So that was over the summer and into September. And then they gave us a hard deadline of, I think it was like, I don't know, September 30th or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, my last birthday of teaching was September 28th. And um, then they moved it back a week. And, you know, they kept moving it back a week. And I was like, all right, well, this is this is good, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this looked good because there were plenty of teachers saying no. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I kind of wasn't really sure which way it was going to go. I knew in my heart how it was going to go, but I think I kind of still kept up hope, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I don't remember what day it was, but it was like, I want to say like October fifth or something like that and they were like yeah you're not allowed to come back in monday so um and as soon as you know i had the conversation with my principal i gave him the heads up and i was like look i'm not doing it Mm -hmm. and as soon as he found out that about me um he took me out of my program and i was basically a substitute teacher for the duration of my time there which was a complete slap in the face Um, and then my assistant principal, who I directly reported to, stopped speaking to me. And I believe, and I don't know if this is true, um, that she might have told other people and a lot of people just stopped talking to me in my own department and who I was supposed to be working with. So I was just like, okay, cool. No problem. So why would he take you out of like the system and, and... Um, register you as a substitute teacher like what is besides being like disrespectful and a slap in the face like what would be his reasoning around around that like was it just pure like 
malicious intent. It was a malicious intent. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so with that all being said, so that's October of 2021. Um, is this just kind of making like, how are you feeling emotionally? Because like your entire world is like blowing up. And, you know, everything and everyone you thought, you know, is not who they were, who you thought they were. And I actually want to touch on one thing that I find super interesting because I remember I used to work for an American company in Canada and the Biden administration had made it uh, mandated where if you worked for the government or attached to the government, you had to be uh, take that shot. And being a international construction company, we worked on a lot of um public and private uh, projects. So when it's public, it's like you're building a bridge and the government's involved. Those construction workers had to have the shot kind of thing because it's linked to the government. Bullshit. Um, But what I find interesting is like all these individuals who were getting, you know, forced to get the shot, whether you're a nurse, doctor, teacher, like you said, those other unions, the one union that didn't have to get it, um, who said no to it, is the UPS and what's so which is great which is awesome but what isn't that so interesting to think about it the one people who are touching things and we were all getting packages multiple packages a day the one person who is getting access to your gated communities right up to your apartment door right up to your house touching everything that's coming in is not vaccinated which is fucking great in my eyes but for all those people who are scared shitless and like lysawing their fucking groceries um yeah your amazon package is handled by an unjabbed so i just think like it was just so fucking stupid and i just couldn't understand how people were not waking up to that and when you pose you know intelligent methodical questions to them I remember they just kind of glaze over their eyes and they would just default to, well, I'm just trying to do what our government is telling us to do. And then that's when you burst into laughter and you say, okay, good for you. Because that just tells me everything that I need to hear. So, um, but yeah, getting back to like this whole, because that is like, to me, that is like a pivotal moment in time where the entire like, 3d world that you had been living in for the last 20 years is basically coming crumbling down even though you knew like this isn't right this is it's now happening before your eyes so how are you feeling like emotionally and are what how what's your response are you like fuck it let's just get out of here or did you have to take some time to like grieve um i don't think i actually ever gave myself time to grieve i think I was kind of like immediately I had to take action. I I obviously did, you know, pray on it and I left it in God's hands. And we were very fortunate that my husband wound up picking up clients that it afforded us the ability to not have to leave New York immediately, you know, so we were able to stay a little bit longer, put the house up for sale, take a little bit of time with that. Um, and have the money to not have to make a decision in haste. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there was, but there was a lot of emotion. I mean, I cried a lot. Like I cried a lot and it was, you know, to the point where my husband actually said to me, he's like, I'm actually concerned. I'm really think you need to like have some medication. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, okay, I'll, I'll get it together. Mm -hmm. And he is not one to tell me what to do. Like he was very supportive, but you know, he understood. He's like, I get it. Like, this is your family home. And, you know, we tried to make it home and that's where our daughter was brought home from the hospital. And we had planted a fucking tree outside when I was pregnant. Like that was her fucking tree. And, you know, all of our memories of her were in that house. And it was, uh, it was rough. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, and you know, especially right now around the holidays, it's even harder. And my daughter was saying to me today, she, uh, happened to see a picture of the house on like, I don't know what Google images. I have no idea what she was looking up and she saw that they were doing construction on it. And she was like, I could almost see into my old room. So that kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it hits you. Right. I mean, like I didn't, it was like, we knew eventually we'd leave and come to Florida. You know, like we we knew that that was always the plan. We always were going to retire like down here. But the, I was joking. I was like, the five-year plan became the five-month plan, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was kind of like, all right, well, Jacksonville, great. St. John's, okay. And we got, I I know God was guiding us, you know? And of course, like, I was fortunate enough to, you know, have Leanna's teachings and Mm -hmm. all of that as well. But a, um... I got a crazy real real estate agent who was just, I was like, look, I was like, I have no job. I have to sell my house. I have no money for a down payment. And I sent him a whole list of things. And he was like, that's all you got? He's like, that's nothing. Don't worry about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough with the entire process to just, it was quite easy. You know, I'm not going to say obviously there wasn't tears. There was plenty of tears. And of course, in the middle of all of it, I decided to do like a juice fast, like a seven day juice fast. My husband's like, you're insane. Um, but I actually got a lot of clarity when I did that juice fast and my dad happened to come over one night and he goes, because, you know, he obviously remembered the house from before when he was dating my mother. And he's like, there was never happiness in this house. He's like, your family was always fighting. They were always yelling at each other. They were always like arguing. And, and I, you know, German and I talked about it later quite often after that and even you know we do touch upon it now and it was like we it was like almost like we were battling (sighs) I don't want to say darkness but we were battling anger and sorrow like we tried to make that house happy and we did we had happiness in the house I'm not going to say we didn't obviously we did but you know I think at that moment I was like okay I have to let this go and I Mm -hmm. started cutting cords and yeah. Like that, sh- that massive shift and turning point and choice yeah. point happened. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting about the house part, especially because it's almost like you were, your energy frequency obviously was um, raising and expanding. And, you know, like you said, with being at home, it gave you the time to like wake up to everything, which I think a lot of us had happened. I know it happened to me. It happened to a lot of other girlfriends where we just started seeing like, okay, this is not what we thought. And it makes me think that, you know, that house was part of a different timeline for a different version of you that wouldn't have been in this this frequency. Um, because 
And your dad saw that, which is super cool that he kind of like observed that where it's like this house was meant for like a person of like that caliber or that person who is of like, you know, that like because it was your mom's family's house. Right. Um, Oh, that's super interesting. So if you know, for all of us, it's like there's going to be like different timelines in your life or when you're on a path and you think this is the path that you're supposed to be on. But as you grow and as you expand, like that path is no longer going to be aligned. And that's when you're given that fork in the road where you can either cling to the old, even though you've outgrown it, or you can just let it go, cut cords, even though it's fucking hard and embrace this like new, more expansive path. And totally when things are aligned a lot of the times it will flow with ease not saying there will be like some hiccups along the way and everything like that but like you said you found a great real estate agent who was not even phased by your you know expectation or your demands of what you wanted and you guys were obviously able to sell your house in a decent amount of time and come down to to florida so when the when the school you know let you go your principal let you go did that slap in the face you know your community your your peers and stuff a lot of them are like turning against you or not just not even you know cutting cutting you off um was there like ever a moment I guess where you thought about maybe like reeling it in and and towing the line and like trying to fit into like the cookie cutter thing and or was it always just like God was just showing you exactly what you needed to see and you were just you know did you cut that and let that go pretty quickly yeah no there was never a moment (laughs) I was like fuck this shit I'm not because it's like once you see it you can't unsee it you know so I had been obviously waking up my husband you know is astute and aware of again the communist playbook and you know of all the things that were happening and I was seeing you know kind of everybody falling into line there were a few of us that stood you know we were officially fired February of 2022 I believe um and you know there's lawsuits pending and all that jazz um so But yeah, no, I was never, I was actually, what kept me going was, obviously there was a fear of the unknown, but I was more afraid of what would happen if I stayed. That was always what really was my driving force, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would look around Bay Ridge and my husband and I would look around and go, this is not the neighborhood we grew up in. Mm -hmm. It was slowly becoming unsafe. I didn't want our daughter, we didn't want our daughter growing up in that unsafe environment. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we kind of really had no clue what was, (laughs) like, awaiting us down here. But we just knew that it had to be better than New York. And, you know, I had spoken to a few people who had come down here. And we did, um, I did visit with my daughter and a friend of ours the previous, well, the January right before we moved down while we were going through the sell the house and all that was pending and um I remember getting off the plane and a real estate agent actually happened to pick us up and I was like oh my god this actually feels like home and I did not want to go back to New York like I was like we went so that was January and we moved down 
March, the weekend of the solstice in March, we drove out of New York and it was like the devil was on my ass to get out of there. I'm not even joking. Like it was a very surreal experience. We were somewhere around DC and I actually heard in my head, like, just keep driving. Like, do not stop because we had a hotel booked and um, it was a full moon and everybody was sleeping and I just kept driving. And we crossed that border and it was, it was like, I felt, I felt like I left the darkness behind. That is, that is so fucking relatable uh, to like crossing that border in Canada and um, just being able to breathe. Um, So... When I was, um, when I crossed the border, it was like December of 2021. And um, I remember I crossed into Montana. And I kid you not, it's like I pulled away from the American um, border crossing guys. I just obtained my visa and I saw a big white owl. And I was like, well, that's nice. (laughs) And it was complete. It was all snow, all white. And I drove, and this sounds so crazy now, but at the time, it was such a big deal. I drove into the first small uh, Montana town, and there was a little uh, kiosk uh, coffee hut pulled up. Girl greeted me, no mask, big smile, and she took cash. And I kid you not, I almost burst into tears because I had not seen a fucking face in two years. And... I just, it was like laughter and then crying and then singing and then more crying. And it was just all the emotions emotions started coming out. And also, I did not realize how much of a weight I felt like between my shoulder blades until I got out of that and you into just a higher frequency like instantly. So... Which is like in that time, in that moment when all that shit was going down, like, yeah, I know. Mandates are lifted. You know, they're now overturning the vaccine shit now. You know, back pay is happening, getting great. All those things are happening. But like in those moments, like when we were like either fleeing Canada or you're fleeing New York or people are fleeing like California, like it was such an intense, an intensity that we it, we were going to pop and we had to like get out of there. And for anybody who stayed, obviously, and I'm like, you know, referring to like in Canada and stuff, it has leveled out. But for me, it's like, what's going to stop them from making that happen again? And so that was like my biggest thing was like, I'm never going to be in a place to I'm never going to stay in a place where that's going to happen again and so fuck man if shit goes awry like where in Idaho where I am I'm out of there like if shit goes awry here like I'm out of here you know it's just like I'm not gonna stay and put myself through that and be afraid of the change and everything and just um stay stuck but yeah so it's it's really 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 kind of interesting to just reflect back on that time where there was those pivotal choice points and those test points of like staying in integrity and um 
listening to your gut and following through on that even though you don't know what the outcome's going to be or you know clinging to the old and and clinging to like the past um but so I guess let's kind of end on like a happier note so now since being in Florida for I guess is it going to be a year and a half yeah, so it's going to be coming up two years uh, in March since you guys have been here. What is the vibe? Like, how, how has it been um, being here? And, you know, what's the overall feeling for yourself and, and your family? It's funny because a friend of ours had moved down before all the nonsense. And he said it takes you about a year to decompress from New York. <laughs> and, you know, he hadn't lived through covid and the scam and all the nonsense up there he was already down here and um i definitely feel that that was a very plausible statement like the first year i feel like it's kind of that first moment the first year after like you lose somebody right where it's like all the firsts right the firsts like you know the first holidays in the new place and in the new town and trying to you know for i i had actually remembered saying to myself, like, I don't care if I don't make friends, but I definitely don't want my daughter to be alone because she's an only child, right? So, but I'm lucky enough to not be alone. I have a beautiful group of friends um, and that are amazing and their kids are amazing and my daughter gets along with their kids and they all, you know, have this, like, crazy, wonderful relationship, as do we. And, you know, it's... It's like, but it's still, it's still emotional. But I think now it's more of like, I'm feeling the emotion from a, I don't know if this is the right statement, but like a clearer place where it's actual emotion and not so much anger, right? Like I'm still, don't get me wrong. I'm still irritated that things went the way they did. And, you know, I was forced to forced into retirement basically um but so many beautiful things have come out of it right like I'm you know making jewelry full-time and I am able to be home with my daughter and we're homeschooling and we can travel whenever we want and just pick up and go you know away for a week and all the things so you know there's been a massive learning curve there's been a lot of mistakes made which is fine because they're all lessons but um just being able to like, you know, go out and not have to worry about masks or mm-hmm. any of that shit. Like it, it was, that was the biggest thing I think like, you know, cause when we came down in January, my husband didn't come down. So he was kind of still, you know, in New York. And then once we came down, he's like, oh my God, nobody's wearing masks. Like mm-hmm. this is amazing, <laughs> you know? And it was like, it's, it is freedom. Yeah. Like it really is freedom. And I talk to a lot of people and they're like, they can't believe that even that happened, right? So they're like, wait, you got fired for not taking the shot? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, wait, that happens in this country? Somebody actually said that to me. They're like, that happens in the United States? I was like, yeah, it did. Like, it happened. I am living proof of it. But, you know, I would not go back and change a thing, obviously. Um, You know, I, I wake up and thank God every day. I do. And I go to bed thanking him every day because I know all the things that are going to come, like, are going to be so much greater. And I just see New York, like, just burning right now. So, 
and it's getting worse and worse and worse, but that's a conversation for another day. But, um, but yeah, so thank you. Yeah, I agree, especially, like, with the whole um, comments of, like, that happened in New York. Like, when I would talk to different Americans, having no idea that, like, anything was going on in Canada, especially, like, in Idaho, um, it's so funny because, like, my mom will be like, yeah, like, this, a lot of stuff was affected due to COVID and I, and this and COVID. And I was like, you were locked down for six weeks here. I was like... It's been two years. I'm like, you were in the drunk tank. I was like in fucking solitary confinement. <laughs> like, you can't even compare. And um, so when I talked to some people in Idaho, they're like, I had no idea Canada was like that. Like some people, the people who are like in the know and want to like, you know, kind of know what's going on, they know. But like just your average Joe who is like, yeah, I didn't take the shot, but I also like don't know what else is going on anywhere they have no idea where i'm like yeah they freeze bank accounts and they you know have you on two-week um isolation um they have this and they're calling you every day making you check in to see if you're isolating and like all that kind of shit so definitely um stuff is happening in your own backyard um and a lot of you know americans don't even know what's going on but which is kind of great you know in a sense of like the florida people or the texas people or wherever that was more open and free are living their own life that just shows like how much of a different vibe it is here so um thank you so much for sharing all of that with me and um yeah this has been amazing um, for all of you listening. Um, so Kaimana is an amazing, amazing, amazing jewelry maker. Um, her Instagram handle is Divine Drip Jewelry, Divine Drip Jewelry. And she has some amazing pieces on there that it's all faith-based uh, jewelry. And so some all of my like favorite pieces are from there. Um, and so check her out. I'm going to take her in, um, my Instagram and in the show notes and everything like that, but you guys have to go and check it out, especially ladies, if you want some sort of like, you know, unique piece of jewelry that isn't going to like break your entire account and you want fun charms and you want fun beads and like, oh my gosh, she has this amazing like gold pendants. Like they're just so beautiful. You'll see me posting them online all the time, but it's an amazing jewelry. She's an amazing artist. And I'm so happy for you and your family and being able to be here. So thank you so much. All right, guys, I will uh, wrap it up here and we will all chat next week on the Fully Accountable podcast. Thank you.